All right, everybody, here we are once again. Uh, another episode with another guest and a lot of cool conversation. I'm so appreciative that you're all here. As you probably know by now, I'm Logan Nicholson. This is the center of thought. We're always reaching for the center of thought, reaching for that better feeling thought, having awareness of where those thoughts are coming from and how much control we have over them. And that's what the intention of today's show is. Freedom of mind. Freedom of the mind. Uh, such an interesting concept. You know, you'd think maybe that would be saying living in La La Land and and not really recognizing much of what's going on. But it really means the opposite of that. It means that we have control. Yeah, we have control of our breath. We have consciousness of the breath coming in and out and consciousness of our emotions and our thoughts and our reactions to things that are happening around us. That's what freedom of mind is because when you can still be happy and you can still have the conscious ability to decide to be happy, even when things around you may not always be exactly what you're looking for or expected, then all of a sudden freedom of the mind sounds like a pretty cool thing to have. Uh, so I'm working on it every day and I want to work on that with all of you. Um, I'm here to focus on appreciation and all the ways that we can find true freedom of the thoughts that drag us down so that we can create new thoughts that uplift us and uplift those around us. So we are going to have a conversation with a guest today, and we are going to talk about how we can have more control over that mind and awareness about our lives and where we fit in this world, in this universe. So let's do that. Let's talk to our guest. All right, everybody, I am super excited for another show here. I have an amazing guest and can't wait to introduce her. Uh, today, I have Professor Karma Lecha Somo. Uh, she grew up in Malibu, settled in Honolulu. Uh, having the family name Zen, it led her to researching Buddhism at a very young age. In 1964, she set off to go surfing in Japan and wound up finding Zen meditation. After many adventures, she found her way to Dharmasala, India in 1972. Ordained as a nun in France in 1977, a professor of Buddhist studies at the University of San Diego, and an author of many books such as Woman in Buddhist Tradition and Sisters in Solitude. I'm honored to welcome the venerable Karma Leksha Somo. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. A pleasure's all mine. Uh, you know, as you know, the intention uh, of this show today is all about freedom of mind. Uh, and, you know, I believe that if you have freedom of mind, then you also have the power of focus. Those two things kind of go hand in hand. And I'm wondering how you feel about that. Buddhist traditions have a lot to say about the mind. Uh, we speak of consciousness and how to train our mind, how to calm our mind, how to 
tame our mind, the wild monkey of the mind, they yeah. call it, which is normally racing out of control. So they have many techniques, especially meditation techniques, but other methods as well, so that we can optimize the power of our mind. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much power there, isn't there? Definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, since you mentioned meditation, I know that prayer and meditation are a, a huge part of your life, and they're a huge part of mine as well. And I know that they go hand in hand with, as you said, finding that power of the mind. And I was hoping before we started today that you would honor us with leading a prayer or a meditation that moves us in the direction of that freedom of the mind. Well, for sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, it's a great way to start any gathering, really. Calm down, focus, center the mind. Yeah. Get to know the mind. Yeah. Uh -huh. Perfect. So, um, yes. So shall we begin with a very simple uh, awareness of breathing meditation? Yes, please. Okay, so to do this, we sit comfortably. If you're sitting cross-legged on a cushion, that's great. If you're sitting in a chair, that's great, too. The idea is to place your feet flat on the floor and straighten the spine so that all of the neural impulses are flowing freely and comfortably. Sit relaxed, straight, and comfortable in your body. Be aware of the body. body can be our friend. We pay attention to the different sensations of the body. And then focus especially on our breathing. We breathe all day and all night, but normally we're not aware of it. We're not paying attention. So in this meditation, we consciously pay attention to the gentle outflow and inflow of our own breathing. Notice when the breath flows out. Notice when the breath flows in. No need to try to control it. Simply observe the natural flow of your own breathing.
when the mind gets distracted, distracted by thoughts or sensations, simply bring it back to the breath. Focus completely in a relaxed way on the natural flow of the breathing. Again and again, our attention will be distracted by thoughts, images, emotions, sensations, and time and again, each time, we gently bring our attention back to the breath. Gradually, with practice, we get better and better at maintaining our focus, paying attention to the object of our meditation, in this case, the breathing, for longer and longer time until it becomes natural, turning again and again to our breath with relaxed awareness. When you're ready, 
slowly open your eyes, trying to maintain that same quality of awareness. So that's it. Awesome. Thank you so <laughs> much. I needed that this morning just to take a moment. So I, I thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Um, well, I, I think everyone needs it these days. Yeah. Everyone needs to relax and focus and be comfortable with themselves and their body. And this meditation on the breathing is so practical. You don't have to believe in any religion to do this yeah. kind of mindfulness yeah. meditation. Absolutely. That's what I love about it. You know, there it's the spirituality all comes from within, and that's pretty empowering. Um, you know, now that I have you here and we've been able to kind of align ourselves a little bit, I would love to just talk to you a little bit about your journey. You know, it, it seems that you seem to do, develop a path early on, um, reaching for that freedom of the mind. And I'm wondering if you'd tell us a little bit more about that journey as a young woman that was surfing and playing in a rock band and having those adventures, but clearly living within, with an inquisitive heart and mind. Could you kind of give us a little insight on, uh, on what that journey was like? Well, it was definitely a process because when I was a young girl, I used to do what I thought was meditation. I would sit quietly and, you know, cross-legged and, and try to focus, but I didn't really know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. This is way back in the 50s when there weren't many teachers around. Mm -hmm. And so I was sort of winging it, just um, doing it on my own. It wasn't until, well, as I grew older, I started reading books, but that was a bit confusing too because they all taught different methods. So it wasn't really until I went to Japan at the age of 19, it was 1964, with my surfboard, <laughs> nine foot two of Jacob's balsa board, nice. uh, on a ship, and landed in Yokohama and uh, began living in Japan for a year and somehow found my way to a Zen temple. It was because, um, you know, the weather got cold. We were surfing the East Coast Cuba Peninsula had the first uh, international uh, surfing competition ever held in Japan. Oh, wow. and I was the only girl. And um, But then the weather got cold. It started snowing. So we had to, you know, bail. And um, I found this little temple uh, in Shibuya. And it was um, just um, a wonderful time to sit and learn meditation. Yeah. But it was just simple meditation, no instruction. Hmm. So eventually I found my way to India and um, found, first time I didn't find teachers. The refugees were still pouring out of the mountains. Uh, and uh, so eventually I went back to the States, went to Berkeley, studied Japanese, um, and found um, a meditation teacher there in Berkeley, a Tibetan teacher, and eventually returned to India stayed in Dharamsala for, for many years. And we would study Buddhist texts 
and also practice meditation, different techniques. So there are many, many different meditation techniques. And all of them are very practical, all designed for helping to free our minds. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the stories that I'm hearing from people because just like yours, you're, you know, talking about surfing and saying how the weather got cold and it drew you into this space. And everyone I've talked to, no matter what the story is, there are these things that happen that draw them to the next step into the next step and we like to call them by accident or whatever we decide to call them but I, I I am believing more and more that there are no accidents and that the universe is just giving us signs uh, letting us know that we're in the right place and almost nudging us from time to time and and the question is you know how often are we paying attention to those signs and clearly you were paying attention to some of those signs well, I think I was very fortunate because when I arrived in Dharamsala, still on an East-West Center Fellowship, I uh, found a, a teacher, a Tibetan Lama. And ever, ever since I had been a child, I was sort of fascinated with the question of death and what happens to us after death. Hmm. So when I arrived at the Tibetan library in Dharamsala, I found this Lama who was explaining the stages of the dying process hmm. and it was amazing that the the Tibetans had preserved this uh, understanding of how the consciousness continues the nature of consciousness and how it continues from one life to the other um, it was quite amazing yeah. they, they had a whole schema and by learning to understand the mind, uh, we can actually become free of all the delusions and, and you know, all the garbage yeah. that yeah. we, we carry around. And um, they call it the mental defilements, things like greed, anger, hatred, pride, jealousy, mm. um, especially, you know, hatred, all of these um, unproductive states of mind. We have habit patterns yeah from our experiences in this lifetime and they would say from previous lifetimes that incline us to run negative but if we pay attention and learn to to train our mind bringing it back to the moment then we can be free from all of these negative habitual patterns mm. mm -hmm. so yeah. they do it they talk about you know purifying the mind Purifying the mind of all these negative, unproductive thoughts and emotions, and increasing our capacity uh, to be fully present in this moment, and even also to train in constructive, positive mind states yeah. like compassion and wisdom. Uh, funny, yeah, I I totally believe in that as well, and um, one of the things I was actually going to talk to you about was compassion and wisdom because I know that you believe and I do as well that those two things are needed for growth and for enlightenment uh, and we need to train ourselves to have those things so that we can move forward so that we can be more awakened and and be a, a a better piece to the puzzle, you know, and, and to, to, to put that piece of the puzzle in the picture so that we can see that bigger picture. Um, 
And I love that you're mentioning that because I kind of want to look at that a little bit and talk about the wisdom and talk about the compassion that's needed for us to get to that next step. Well, the two are integrally linked, wisdom and compassion. Um, the Buddhists talk about the two wings of a bird that flies to awakening. Yeah. Um, one without the other is insufficient. We need both compassion and wisdom. And they have many different methods for how to cultivate compassion and wisdom. And they're linked in some really interesting ways, but specifically about uh, the nature of the self, our attachment to self. You see, by developing compassion, we begin to care about others. Um, human beings, animals, all kinds of living creatures, hmm. uh, including the humble one. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. working out on the land every day and watching the birds and the butterflies and the beetles. And um, all of these living creatures have consciousness. Mm -hmm. Now, we as human beings are especially fortunate in that we have a certain level of intelligence. Um, sometimes we might question that when we look at current events, but everyone has consciousness. And the uh, the important thing is how we use that consciousness. Yeah. First, we need to understand the nature of consciousness, how it's impermanent, um, and how it can be directed. Um, sometimes we feel our mind go, go negative, Yeah. especially in this situation of the pandemic where people are locked down and um, you know, isolated and so forth. Um, sometimes people are getting very depressed and sad and lonely and so on. But if we understand this as an opportunity for developing the mind, it's it's really um, a very fortunate time for us. Mm -hmm. With quiet and time, we can use this in the best possible way, and it's very practical. Yeah. Um, we can develop compassion for others instead of being so constantly obsessed with ourselves. So what we do is, of course, we develop some loving kindness and compassion for ourselves, uh, trying to heal whatever wounds or traumas we may have experienced in this life. And then we expand that loving kindness and compassion to others. Mm -hmm. um, we can start with those who are around us, and then expand the circle out to our acquaintances, our friends, but importantly also to our so-called enemies, people yeah. that we have difficulties with, and eventually to all living beings. So you see how they're linked. Yes. By getting over the notion that we are the center of the universe, which is a huge delusion, Yeah. obviously, yeah. and expanding our circle of compassion, then our attachment to self, becomes weaker and therefore we become happier we become freer yeah. free from the obsession of the self 100 percent. i feel like you know if, if anybody is the universe it's all of us together right it's not just one of us we're all such an intricate part of it um and with you mentioning you know just kind of reaching out to those around us and we're talking about meditation and how we can find awakened states of consciousness through that. Um, I'd like to talk just a little bit about group prayer or group meditation and what the benefits of that are. Of course, our individual meditations are great, but 
how do you, what do you think about the collective consciousness and more of us coming together and meditating together? Is there a benefit to that? Does that make us more powerful? Well, definitely. Um, meditation on our own is extremely important. If we can meditate with others, whether in person or virtually, that expands um, the, the potential. Um, it creates an atmosphere that is very helpful for our practice. Now, a practice of someone who has practiced for a long time can practice individually with no problem. But many of us need the support of spiritual friends. And that's why we have temples and churches and synagogues and mosques and so forth mm -hmm. to support each other in our spiritual practice. These days, it's not so easy to get together, but we may join some meditation group that gets together weekly or monthly or daily. And um, even meditation bells, you know, you're part of a community all striving to mm. uh, calm the mind and to cultivate good quality. So that's very vitally important. The Buddhists don't talk about a collective consciousness. I mean, there is one school that talks about uh, consciousness in a way that has been interpreted um, okay. to be some kind of collective consciousness. That was in China. But actually, the Buddha talked about individuated streams of consciousness. Mm. So you can say that they're the same in that all of us have consciousness. Right. But they don't merge into one, except maybe metaphorically. You know, you could say that he achieves some sort of um, collective state of consciousness. So actually, each one of us has an individual mind stream or yeah. stream of consciousness that has continued since beginningless time and will continue until we achieve full awakening. This is the Buddhist view. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that, and I feel like at the end of the day, whatever the view is, it comes down to the same thing, right? That we are all reaching for those better feeling thoughts and reaching for those higher levels of consciousness so that we can be healed in our own minds and hearts and, and hopefully impact those around us. Uh, you know, it's... Ideally, yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about being in that state of mind and coming to enlightenment or coming to awakenings um, because I know it's been said in many different ways you know the, the power to imagine ourselves enlightened allows us our, our enlightenment or that we need to practice ourselves into believing what we want to believe and I'm wondering how the uh, how Buddhism looks at that and, and if we can break that down a little bit about just kind of designing our own enlightenment or our awakening or whatever um, we we have in our reality. Oh yes, we can speak of it like that. It's sort of if you're not uh, enlightened, pretend you're enlightened. Yeah. It's sort of fake it till you make it idea. And there is such a, a concept in Buddhism that um, by being completely fully present in the moment, that is a kind of awakening experience. It's momentary. Uh, but as we meditate, we're able to extend or expand um, that awareness, that awakened awareness. Awakened awareness is simply 
awareness that is free from all of the mental defilement, where we're so completely in the moment that we're not grasping at what we want to eat next, where we want to go next, what we want to do next. Let that go and be fully present right now, here and now. And that is a kind of awakening. And then as as we practice it, as we practice more and more, it becomes natural state. Yeah. And when those negative um, ideas, negative feelings arise, greed, hatred, jealousy, um, desire, and all that sort of thing, we're better and better at letting go of them. So it's kind mm. of a practice of letting go. Yeah. Letting go of unproductive, uh, unwholesome thoughts. And just let it go. So every time they arise, oh, I forgot to order something online. No. Let it go. Yeah. And come back fully to the present moment. Yeah. You can see how freeing that is. I really, yes, I get that. I, I, One thing I know for sure is that as you are able to let go, that your world opens up to a, a, a whole other beautiful place. And I am so thankful for this time that we're living in right now. You know, I know that everybody's perception and reality is different, but for me, uh, as COVID has started, it has allowed me to take time to sit by myself and to hear that mind monkey, right? To hear those negative thoughts and then to have an understanding that I have so much more control over them and I can just let them go. And that's why you and I are here right now, because as I let those negative thoughts go, I I traded them in for more positive and uplifting thoughts. And wanted to share them and wanted to share other people's ways of finding them. And here we are. Um, So thank you for being part of this, because this is exactly what it's all about right now. Mm -hmm. Well, now, of course, we're the fortunate ones. There are many who do not have the opportunity. We're having to go to work every day and and having to deal with many difficulties, illness of themselves and their families and you know, working in really chaotic, stressful situations. Mm-hmm. And we can send them loving kindness because that's a great opportunity too to get out of, you know, get over ourselves and, yeah. and instead generate loving kindness for all of those who are suffering so incredibly in the world today. At, at the same time, we who are fortunate enough to have uh, space and time to meditate and to uh, develop our awareness uh, can rejoice in that. We can set our attention that we use every day wisely in order to expand our compassion, expand our wisdom. And this intention will make the whole day go better with every action. If our intentions are pure, purely to benefit others, then Everything will go well. You know, yeah. we can persevere in any situation. So by um, thinking good thoughts, thoughts of loving kindness and compassion uh, for everyone around us, including ourselves, mm-hmm. um, we'll find that the mind becomes calmer, more peaceful, and happier. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I get it. I'm seeing it. And I kind of want to touch on what you're saying right there as far as um, finding thoughts for ourselves and finding ways to send that love out to others. Um, is there 
a difference in your mind between selfishness and selflessness when we're talking about being so selfish that whatever we're doing, even though it's for others, we're doing it because we feel so good seeing others feel good. Um, that selfishness versus selflessness, is there a difference between those two things? Well, selfishness and selflessness are polar opposites. Right now, we're trapped in selfishness. If we're, if we're honest with ourselves, we'll, we'll know that from morning to night, mostly, most of us are focused on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why people are so unhappy, because they're completely wrapped up with thoughts of I, me, mine, continuously. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we need to reverse that. We need to unlearn those habit patterns of self-concern and expand it to include more people gradually. Um, and this is why the meditation on loving kindness is so important. We don't neglect the self, but we we try to you know get some balance here. You know, we're mm. one of what 7.5 billion mm -hmm. humans, and of course the animals and fish far outnumber us. So yeah. they have consciousness too. According to the system. Yeah. And so, where did we ever get so deluded as to think that we are the most important one in the universe? That's crazy. So, um, that's the wisdom part. The wisdom part is to see our place, you know, so you fly in an airplane and you see, oh, we're just a speck. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we're under this delusion of the self. So, that's a really important point. Yeah. Going beyond the delusion of self. And this is the perfect way, this practice of loving kindness, to expand our, our hearts, open our hearts, and, um, and to recognize that all other beings also, they suffer like we do. They have the same, you know, aspirations as we do to be happy and peaceful. And sometimes, uh, you know, we go about it in really foolish ways. And that's where the wisdom comes in, to find out the best way to um, develop compassion for others, to live a compassionate life, to be patient with others, understanding what they're going through. Um, and in this way, we can practice awakening moment by moment. Yeah, I love that. I'm, I'm practicing awakening moment by moment and understanding more and more every day that we all taking the same air, the same breath, right? And I think that's a, a really important thing to remember. Uh, so thank that you. That is a really important point, the concept of interrelatedness. You know, Native traditions all talk about interrelatedness of ourselves with our um, companions, uh, with our environment. And the, the Buddhists call it dependence arising that everything we do has an effect, not only on ourselves, but for the whole, the whole world, mm -hmm. the whole universe in a way. Mm -hmm. We breathe in, ah, that's less oxygen for others. We breathe out, we're breathing carbon dioxide that affects others also. Yeah. Everything we buy, everything we do has an effect mm -hmm. on those around us and ultimately on all living beings. And this has an amazing environmental consequences when we think about it um often we just mindlessly go and shop and and buy from some of the world's greatest polluters and we buy stuff you know encased in plastic that's not going to break down for 
you know, thousands of years. Mm. So our mindfulness, our awareness, and our compassion extends into every action. Like mindful consumerism. Yeah, I 100%. Right? Yeah, one, yeah, yeah, and I mean, it comes back to that collective, whether it's a collective consciousness or not. We are a collective, right? We are all part of a, uh-huh. a much bigger picture, and the more we're mindful of that, I think the clearer the picture, and and the better we're able to to figure out how we impact ourselves first, and then how we're impacting those around us. So, thank you for that. Uh, I know that you are impacting in so many ways, and have impacted in so many ways, helping women and just helping others find ways to to enjoy their spirituality and that being said i know that you are creating a, a spiritual center in hawaii um and i'd just like to talk to you a little bit about that space and where you're at with it right now well you know for years i've been working in india and we have 12 monasteries in india Um, training young girls, educating young girls. We have schools in Bangladesh and so on. But now with the the, um, pandemic, it's not possible to travel there right now. Fortunately, Mm. we're able to keep the project going. I mean, we all do what we can. Yeah, and education, I feel, is really key to awakening the world. And education for women is especially important and starts, you know, the earlier it starts, the better. Mm -hmm. But now... Under lockdown, what has been amazing is that a piece of land that was, you know, bought here in Hawaii thanks to my my mom. And um, we have five acres out in the country on the North Shore. Oh, the waves are really big. Can you imagine 60-foot waves? Whoa. Yeah, That's so 60 cool. Yeah, 60-foot waves are breaking today. And, um, yeah, there's storm warnings out everywhere. Maybe you can hear the raindrops here. I'm living in a tropical rainforest. Wow. But we're developing this land as a peace center where people can come and, and learn meditation and practice meditation and um, and be in you know with nature and commune with the birds and the butterflies and practice sustainable agriculture, you know? Yes. Uh, it's, it's so in, in, enriching. Yes, it is. I I love it. I you know I I ski a lot, and I've mentioned on the show before that although skiing is the reason I go there, there are these amazing birds that hang out where we will have lunch, and they come to us and on your hand and hang out with you and eat with you, and the connection is so great, and it's so such a powerful reminder that we are connected to everything and there is love between all of us and it's it's really cool to see people building things that are going to allow animals to be part of it and for people to be part of it and to just let it be this one living organism which i think is so cool yeah living features are very smart yeah, yeah they know they do they're really smart yeah and they're they're just as important to me like if it's if it's snowing and not really you know if it's a little bit gray they won't come out and i feel like i've missed a little bit of my ski experience because i didn't get to hang out with them so they're it's it's really really cool so i love that you mentioned the animals because it's so important to me um and i'm also curious just because i as you said your your mom died and it, it, it enabled you to be able to get this property and I love the idea of 
different levels of consciousness. And I'm wondering, is there an active consciousness or an energy on your mother's part that helps breathe life, breathe life into the land or the buildings that are on it? Or how does that work within your belief structure? Do you still feel her or, or, or know that she's there and part of that? Well, from a Buddhist point of view, uh, her consciousness has now, now moved on. Okay. We assume different identities in different lifetimes. In this life, and, you know, in, in this lifetime, she was a Christian fundamentalist, hmm. and that was her belief system. And she was very certain in it, and she died a peaceful death. Hmm. But, but she also enabled a, an important project. So the idea in Buddhism is to um, be careful of our actions. Hmm. You know, karma means action. So every action that we do has consequences. Mm -hmm. um, every action of body, speech, and mind. So, for example, my mother's donation to me, my inheritance, mm -hmm. has gone for a, a larger purpose. So mm -hmm. her action of donating this money, and it, it was a bit of a quandary for her, too, uh, helping the Buddhists when actually she was in a different sort of belief system. Yeah. Um, but she knew I would do this, and she knew that lots of people would be benefited. So, you know, the benefit of living beings, loving kindness goes across all religious boundaries. Mm -hmm. yes, all religious traditions, all spiritual traditions talk about love and compassion. So this is where we are united if we, you know, wake up yeah. and, and become more loving, compassionate people. It connects us with other loving, compassionate people, and the circle grows. Mm -hmm. When people see a smile, you know, it changes their day. Yeah, it does. And, yeah, and our, our loving kindness, our smile toward them, helps them to become a more uh, compassionate, loving person, too, in a small way. But every action counts. Yeah. Every action has a consequence. So we want to be very careful of our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. And yeah. in this way, we ensure a happy future for ourselves, and we also create a loving environment around us that benefits countless other beings. Yes, we do. Um, I'm curious to know, with all that you've done and all that you've been part of, I ask everyone the same question, and I can't even pick a specific thing. Just through your experience of, of helping others and being in the middle of a monastery that you've watched being built and watching these women of all different uh, ages be taught how to read or whatever it may be, where do you go consciously when you're amidst these really amazing things happening and being part of them yourself? Where do you sit in consciousness and, and, and what does it feel like to you when you're able to see some of these amazing things happen? Well, I think it's this it's moments of awakening. Yeah. Moments of awakening. Seeing these young children, their eyes open when they get a, a book to read, when they can understand, you know, different languages. My kids speak four languages, you know. Wow. I mean, they, they learn Hindi and Tibetan and, you know, English, and then they have their own native languages. Yeah. And, you know, that capacity of the mind is virtually limitless mm -hmm. so when we're completely present in the moment we're actually tapping into that infinite potential of the mind the infinite capacity of the mind for wisdom and compassion 
And um, even without naming it, we can feel it. Yeah. You can feel it because you're fully aware, fully relaxed, um, co completely, completely awake in yeah. that moment, at least. It will pass. Mm -hmm. It will pass, but it will come again also mm -hmm. if we pay attention. Yeah, things are always moving, aren't they? Yes. Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love it. I, I love it. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I love to play this little game. I hope you. I uh, hope you kind of enjoy it too. It's. Um, I call it in three words or less, and I'm really curious to hear your perspective of it. Um, I'll ask you the three questions. Answer if you could answer each one of them in three words or less. That would be awesome. And it's just kind of fun to to see the progression of of us as individuals and see how we answer these questions. Um, so I'll ask all three questions and then we'll go back to the first one and, uh, we'll, we'll start from there. That way you know what's coming. Um, so the first question is, who were you then? Meaning that young girl that was surfing and running and having adventures and enjoying things, but also with inquisitive mind of maybe looking for more. And then two, who are you now? having led up to all the experiences that you've lived so far, which are so many, um, who are you now in three words or less? And then who are you, who do you see yourself becoming or who do you feel yourself becoming as you continue to evolve as a, as a being, as we all do? Um, so I'll go back to the first one. Who were you then in three words or less? Potentially a Buddha. Nice. Okay, perfect. And who are you now? Potentially a Buddha. Awesome. And who are you becoming? Awake. Awesome. I'm becoming more awake because of my conversation with you. And so I really, really appreciate that. Um, if there was, I know we're coming to the end of our time. I've actually taken you longer than I said I would. So I appreciate that. Um, but I just wanted to ask you if I were to leave here or if we were to leave here with one thing to hold on to or to take with us from this conversation, what what would that be as far as you're concerned? To benefit as many living beings as we can. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I think so. I think so, too. I mean, again, if we're all in this together, then the only way to continue to to get better is to benefit each other. So. And we are. This is what His Holiness the Dalai Lama calls universal responsibility. We're all responsible for ourselves and each other. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is a great way to live. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I'm here. And I'm thankful that you're here for the same purpose. And I am so grateful to be part of this. And I hope that I can continue to help facilitate growth amongst us as much as possible and if nothing else growth within myself and sharing that with others so thanks for being part of that it's been wonderful speaking with you thank you for all that you're doing absolutely um thank you thank you again i just want to say to the venerable karma lecture somo it is an honor and a pleasure to have you here and i hope we get to do this again um i also Hey, if you need someone to hammer nails or to make food or <laughs> to do whatever you need to do as you are building uh, this really, really cool place in Hawaii, you just let me know because I will be there. 
Okay, you're welcome anytime. Awesome. That's welcome. Thank you so much again. And I, I I'm so thankful that you were here. And um, you have an amazing rest of the day. You too. Be Aloha. well. Bye. Bye-bye. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I certainly had a really good time. Um, you know, to be able to speak to somebody that is a professor, a nun, a teacher, a person that is just out there doing their best to give their best. There's something really special about that. And I'm hoping that more of you come my way and tell me what you're doing to benefit your life and those around you. Uh, that's what we're here to do. Please email me at createchange at the center of thought.com. Again, that is createchange at the center of thought.com or send me a voicemail through the Anchor app. It's awesome. I get to play your voice over the radio. You become even more of a participant. You're a participant no matter what when you're listening and you're part of this conversation. But the more you get involved, man, it just keeps getting better and better. I am loving it. Um, I'm going to play a message that was left by one of our community, uh, a message of appreciation. And may I say, I so appreciate the message. So it's already going back to you. Thanks for sending it. And thank you all here for receiving it in this moment and in whatever moment you receive it. Um, we're, we're blessed people. And I'm happy to be blessed with all of you. Let's hear some words of appreciation. I'm grateful for myself having legs and that I can walk and I'm able to move and wake up every morning and breathe clean air. <laughs> As we draw an end to this show, I want to say more than ever, thank you, thank you, thank you to the venerable Karma Lecha Somo. Uh, it's amazing to hear words of wisdom from somebody that has lived such a, an amazing life and been of service to others. Um, I am trying to be of service to myself and others all at the same time as I do this show. And I'm here to ask the questions that we are asking today. Is there a collective consciousness? Or are we all just individual streams of consciousness? What does that even mean? Um, this is what we're here to discuss and to figure out because as we become awake, awakened to more of these understandings, then life has to get better. I have never come to better understandings and not felt like I was more ready, regardless of what that understanding was. And so that's what I want this show to continue to develop is more understandings. You know, whatever we believe the one thing that I know for sure is that we're all in this together and we're all connected and we're seeing this more more now than ever before and 
I'm speaking with others that are connecting, others that have their own perspective as to how to connect and how to be happy and how to create the reality that they're living. And I want that conversation to get as big as possible. So if you have a story, connect with me. If you have a message of inspiration or a message of appreciation, send it my way. We all have reasons to be appreciative, as we just heard. Uh, being able to walk or being able to breathe clean air, uh, knowing that the sun has come up every day that we have been alive. Uh, those are some pretty cool things to be appreciative of. And I know that we can dig, 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 dig and find more. So join this awesome ride that we call life and share your experiences, share your love, share your stories. I am still looking for a co-host, even if that means you come and just have one conversation over the mic and chime in and talk about how you feel about life and how you feel about getting to that better feeling thought and how you do that. Uh, so what we're all here to do is to teach each other and to learn from each other. So I'm looking forward to a lot more of that. I'm going to say one more time, I am so thankful for Karma Alexisomo. I am so thankful for all, for all of you, and I'm thankful for life. So as I say goodbye, know that all of my energy is going out towards you, and I'm receiving all of yours. And as this community of thinkers and dreamers and doers builds, it can only get better from here. Until next time, I'm Logan Nicholson. Be well. And one more thing, if you are still listening, I haven't mentioned it much, but please subscribe to my page, subscribe to my channel. Let me know that you're here. Um, it's encouraging for me. I love the words of encouragement just as much as you folks do and love knowing that you're there. So thank you again and until next time.